back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America First perspective. Streaming live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. And you can follow me on Twitter at Right Now Jim Dawes. I love to hear from listeners. Shoot me an email. The address is rightnowjimdaws at gmail.com. Or call the vent line and leave your rants, and we might use it on the broadcast. The number for the vent line is 772-245-0750. That number is 772-245-0750. Well, we're going to get to all the news with the impeachment hearings yesterday and the release, finally, at long last, of the IG report. We talk about not ending with a bang, but ending with a whimper. Both of those uh, those events were, uh, you would have to say, unsatisfying and designed to be so. But I want to start by talking about this, uh, this report that was uh, published yesterday in the Washington Post about uh, all of the lies and misinformation that's been put out by the Pentagon uh, about the war effort in Afghanistan. The Washington Post is trying to push this as another Pentagon papers. You know, they want to make news by destroying our war effort like they did back in Vietnam. The problem with all of this is that this, uh, this report from Washington Post contains what everybody already knew, and that is uh, everybody that uh, you know has read their history or read, read Rudyard Kipling or, or knew anything about uh, Afghanistan's reputation as the place where empires go to die knew that this this whole effort was doomed from the very beginning. You know, we did have to go in and get Al Qaeda and kill Bin Laden. Well, they made a hash of that as well, but there was never any compelling reason to try to occupy Afghanistan and convert it into a Jeffersonian democracy. It was always folly. The Washington Post in their report points out that generals for the last, we've been there 19 years, 18, 19 years now, have put a optimistic um, spin on their reports to try to say that the war effort was going better and that we were just about to really push through and start achieving our objectives. Once again, everybody knew that that was hokum. Generals are paid to fight wars. They will say whatever they have to do uh, to say to uh, continue to try to achieve their mission. And I'm not surprised that these politically appointed generals and the Joint Chiefs of Staff you know, tried to make sure that uh, the Afghan war didn't come crashing down on their watch. All they're concerned about is trying to kick it, you know, uh, to the next appointee so that they can take responsibility. The problem is not that, uh, you know, we don't have generals with enough spine to tell us to get out of Afghanistan. That's not what generals do. Generals fight wars. The problem is we've got civilian leadership, one, that was foolish enough to take us into Afghanistan and now lacks the backbone to get us the hell out of Afghanistan. I'm talking to you, Donald Trump. 
Trump ran on a platform of getting us out of Afghanistan. And to his credit, he tried early in his administration to to push that. But he was dissuaded by these uh, these generals who told us that all we needed to do is hang on a little longer and double down on this failed effort, this doomed effort, and we might achieve results. It does not matter what we do in Afghanistan. Eventually, we are going to have to leave, and they will return to their natural state of being, which is tribal warfare and oppression of human rights. They are uh, Islamic fundamentalists. We're not going to change that. We're not, you know, we're not going to convert them into uh, freedom-loving Jeffersonian uh, Democrats. You know, I'm just an old retired fireman. I knew from the time that they started uh, uh, invading Afghanistan and trying to occupy it that this was going to end up just the same way it did for Alexander the Great and the British Empire and the the uh, the Russians and and a half a dozen other people that have tried to um, bring Afghanistan to heel. They are a ancient civilization based entirely on cousin marriage they marry their first cousins and just like the Hatfields and McCoys that uh that manifests itself in constant fighting and bickering and you know I always I always wondered why the hell we were so anxious to try to get the USSR the Soviet Union out of Afghanistan their, their invasion and occupation of Afghanistan ultimately led in major part, at least, to the collapse of the Soviet Union because they expended all of their blood and treasure and exhausted their bankrupt ideology. But, you know, if, if the USSR wanted to go in and occupy Afghanistan, we should have let them have at it. Just the same way now we should if they want to if they want to try to bring the sectarian forces in Syria, you know, under control, have at it. Let them spend their blood and treasure instead of our blood and treasure. Tucker did a big clip on this on his show last night. He was talking about, you know, how uh, these generals uh, ought to be put in jail and such things. Um, well, no, no. <laughs> There's the reason we have civilian leadership of the military in this country is because we know that we want people that are determined to fight and win wars. Once again, it was not the mistake of the generals to try to to see this through to some sort of uh, positive ending. It was the civilian leadership that, ignorant of their history and and foolishly led us into this quagmire. Trump should most certainly get the hell out now. We are eventually going to leave Afghanistan. And the only reason we're saying uh, staying at this point is this, uh, this principle of sunk cost. Nobody wants to admit that we made the mistake because we've invested so much blood and treasure at this point that um, you just can't accept the reality of, of what has happened over there. Tucker played a clip from uh, Douglas MacArthur, a retired Army general, 
when he was saying very early in this conflict exactly how all this was going to end when he appeared on uh, Fox News with Judge Napolitano. This was oh, very, very early on in the Afghan debacle. Before I let you go, what, should we be spending a trillion dollars in the Islamic world to import democracy? Oh, absolutely not. It's a dead end. It's a, it's a hopeless endeavor. Hopeless endeavor. Absolutely. It's, this is a bottomless pit for our resources. Nothing good is going to come That's out impress- of it. A bottomless pit for our resources. You know, uh, it's in addition to the elected officials who should be held responsible for this, the American people have to take some responsibility for it too the reason that the glitterati and the elites are not opposed to this war is because it's it's being fought no no longer by a draft like was the case in vietnam but it's being fought by uh, poor and working class kids disproportionately from the south the so-called deplorables that they hate so much are bearing the burden of this war and lost lives and permanent disabilities, amputations, brain damages. So they don't much care if the generals want to continue to to pursue this this um, doomed folly, because it's not them or their children that are paying the price. So the um, the House Judiciary Committee convened its impeachment hearing yesterday, and as I started the show, it didn't go out with a bang but with a whimper. Instead of having any fact witnesses or any um, crimes to cite, they just brought forward the lawyers for the uh, Adam Schiff's Intelligence Committee and had the lawyers for Jerry Nadler's Judiciary Committee interview them so that they could retell all of the hearsay that Adam Schiff was able to collect in his hearings. So they knew that uh, you know they didn't want to expose these, these uh, bureaucrats, these diplomat bureaucrats, to any more cross-examination. They brought forward the lawyers to interview each other. Because they're much better, you see, these lawyers at lying. They're much better at retelling the hearsay that Adam Schiff collected from these uh, butthurt diplomats. They're far more practiced liars. And the Republicans were able to put their uh, lawyer up as well, which this guy is something. I mean, he, you know, he's sort of a... He's not what you'd call a strong or persuasive personality. He's got the facts on his side, but he's not very skilled at pre- presenting them. But I'm going to I'm going to play you. Uh, I, I would guess were his strongest statements yesterday, and they were in his opening. This is um, Castor. I can't remember his first name, but he uh, he sort of frames what we're about to see. As uh, you know, the Democrats putting forward their best evidence with it and entirely ignoring all of the evidence to the contrary. Counterparts on the Intelligence Committee are talented attorneys. I'm sure they will tell you a riveting story about a shadow or irregular foreign policy apparatus. 
and a smear campaign designed to extort Ukraine for the president's political benefit. They'll tell you about President Trump and how he put his own political interests ahead of national security by mentioning former, president, former Vice President Joe Biden by name and raising the allegations of Ukrainian influence in the 2016 election on the July 25th call. They'll try to convince you that the Trump administration, the same administration Democrats regularly accuse of being incompetent, orchestrated an international conspiracy at the highest levels. None of this adds up. It may be a great screenplay, but it's not what the evidence shows. The Democrats' impeachment inquiry ignores all of the evidence that does not advance their story. The Democrats' impeachment narrative resolves all ambiguous facts and conflicting evidence in a way that is most unflattering to the president. The Democrats' impeachment narrative ignores public statements from senior Ukrainian officials that contradict the narrative. Yeah, they, they ignore all of the evidence to the contrary, and they, they steadfastly refuse to investigate exactly what went on over there in the Ukraine. Thankfully, uh, One American News and Chanel Rion are over there uh, investigating and doing some actual journalism, and we're going to cover that in the second half of today's show. But um, I watched these hearings yesterday. <laughs> if you didn't, more power to you, brother, because uh, it it really was uh, a um, a dispiriting uh, exercise. Castor pointed out uh, later on in his opening that uh, this is really all just a bunch of hokum. Uh, the purpose of this hearing, as we understand it, is to discuss whether President Donald J. Trump's conduct fits the definition of a high crime and misdemeanor. It does not such that the committee should consider articles of impeachment to remove the president from office, and it should not. This case, in many respects, comes down to eight lines in a call transcript. Let me say clearly and unequivocally that the answer to that question is no. The record in the Democrats' impeachment inquiry does not show that President Trump abused the power of his office or obstructed Congress. To impeach a president who 63 million people voted for over eight lines in a call transcript is baloney. Baloney. They're trying to frame this whole argument as he did this for his own political motivations. They're mind readers now. But there's no proof of that. And this uh, this is a, a legitimate avenue of inquiry for a president, whether or not the former administration was involved in undermining our uh, election efforts and in uh, corruption in the Ukraine. We're going to run out to a break real quick. And when we come back, we're going to hear from the Democrats um, lawyer witnesses as they interview each other. Stick with us. We'll be right back. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
So in these impeachment hearings of the House Judiciary Committee yesterday, we had these uh, we were treated to these lawyers for the Democrats sitting around and questioning each other and trying to put their most uh, damning spin on the president's uh, attempt to find out uh, about the Ukraine's involvement in 2016 and Joe Biden's Joe and Hunter Biden's corruption in the Ukraine. They call it an abuse of power. You see, when the Democrats uh, go digging into a presidential campaign, oh, that's that's all good. They're protecting national security. But when uh, this president asks about the Ukraine's involvement in the uh, the 2016 election, or heaven forbid, Joe and Hunter Biden's um, corruption and taking millions and millions of dollars in graft. Well, that is that is putting your own personal interest before the country and undermining national security. They never say exactly how American security is tied in with getting involved in a ancient blood feud over in Europe. But they will tell you again and again with a straight face that it most certainly is. They don't have a crime. They've abandoned any effort to make a, a case any longer that it was bribery because it's farcical on its face so they're accusing him of abuse of power and obstruction of justice those are the two um counts of impeachment that the democrats are pursuing and uh one it was not abuse of power it was an exercise of legitimate power and two it was not obstruction because the president was going to court and and uh petitioning that these subpoenas that came from the uh, radical Democrats in the House of Representatives are illegitimate. Now, there are arguments to be made on both sides, and that is what the judicial branch exists to resolve. But the Democrats can't wait, you see, because they want to get this out of the way and in the rearview mirror before the election just so that they uh, they can smear Donald Trump. Oh, you were impeached, but not have to argue any of the merits of their case. And all of this, of course, began with this, uh, this whistleblower complaint, which we're not allowed to look into any longer. And the Democrats lawyer yesterday absolutely steadfastly refused to answer any questions about the whistleblower or his contact with the whistleblower before the complaint was filed. On October 2nd, the New York Times reported that the whistleblower, quote, approached a House Intelligence Committee aide with his concerns about Mr. Trump. Is that accurate? Sorry, say that again. I'm sorry. On October 2nd, the New York Times reported that the whistleblower approached a House Intelligence Committee aide with his concern about Mr. Trump. Is that accurate? I think uh, the whistleblower's concerns about President Trump are from the threats that... that no, that's not what I'm asking. I'm asking, from did, him, which is did why the whistleblower approach a House Intelligence Committee? Let me ask it a different way. Have you had any communications with the whistleblower? As I said earlier, in response to questions from your colleagues, I, I'm not going to get into any... So you're refusing to answer whether you've communicated with the whistleblower? The whistleblower is not relevant to this report. In He's the, the whole basis of the beginning of... The whistleblower is not relevant to this report. The The conspiracy that we launched to try to gin up a, 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 a fake impeachment effort is irrelevant. We just want to uh, for, com- continue to forward this bogus narrative along with our uh, handmaidens in the media. 
this investigation, he's absolutely relevant well, he's to this committee. He's not relied the upon people. the whistleblower's complaints for the reasons that Mr. Castor said are not included. His allegations are not included in our report because the evidence has been outstripped and surpassed by the 17 witnesses that we have had come in to testify directly about the conduct of the whistleblower. See, that is a, a narrative that is out there. You can hear it again and again in the media that everything that was contained in the whistleblower's complaint has been uh, confirmed and validated by these hearings in the basement of Adam Schiff's star chamber. That is a, a, a lie. These, uh, these whistleblower complaints began with, uh, with Mr. Vindman, Alexander Vindman, running to the whistleblower who had uh, been fired for lying and leaking when he was a member of the national security agents or the, uh, the, uh, uh, national security advisor staff. And, uh, he said the whistleblower did that, um, that Donald Trump raised the name of Joe Biden eight times and demanded that the Ukrainian president, uh, fabricate, information against joe biden that never happened we now know these eight words that castor referred to as we would like you to do us a favor because our country has been through a lot in 2016 and they say that ukraine had a lot to do with it the only quid pro quo that has ever emerged from any of this was on the part of joe biden and um and Representative Doug Collins of Georgia pointed that out. I'm getting ready to be leaving here, and I think about six hours. I looked at them and said, I'm leaving here in six hours. If the prosecutor is not fired, you're not getting the money. Well, son of a bitch, he got fired. Did he ask for something, request something, and hold something of value? He did. George Kent testified that that I was... I think I'll do what you did. George Kent testified this. I'm asking about not George Kent. I'm asking about this question. Right, but it, it's important context. It's not. Answer this question. Did he or did he not? He's a, either Joe Biden's a liar telling a story to make people impressed, or he actually did this. Which is it? He did it pursuant to U.S. official policy. So he did it in holding, withholding? He did it pursuant to official U.S. policy, which he set. He was in charge of U.S. policy in the Ukraine. So, yeah, the official U.S. policy was to fire the prosecutor because his son was making millions and millions of dollars protecting Burisma that was being investigated by the Ukrainian prosecutor. Oh, man. It came out the phone records uh, that, that Adam Schiff engaged in this, uh, this neo-McCarthyism uh, on steroids, trying to smear not only the ranking member of the Intelligence Committee, Devin Nunes, but also... Um, John Solomon, who has reported on this, and they'll, they'll be going after John Solomon and, and One American News as well because they're the only ones that are actually doing inve- uh, actual journalism, investigating what went on over there. And we're going to have a lot of that in the second half of today's show. I hope you'll stick with us for that. We're also going to look at whether or not Schiff's publishing of these phone records was legitimate and may have actually violated laws. Devin Nunes is saying that uh, he is going to assemble a legal team and look into that very question. But I'm really concerned that 
after this impeachment effort fails, that they have so radicalized people that uh, the safety of this president is going to be in danger. We'll touch on that a little bit, too, when we come back. Stick with us. You're going to hear two messages, and then we'll be right back right here on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Here's to the innovators, the makers, the doers, and the hustlers of D.C. With Facebook Elevate, you can grow your business, build your online presence, kickstart your career, or turn your passion of creating content into a reality. Facebook Elevate is a program that provides free digital marketing courses and one-on-one coaching from experts that can help you grow your business. Learn more at facebook.com slash fbelevate. Facebook Elevate, on the rise, together. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. So we're talking about these hearings yesterday at the House Judiciary Committee designed to remove a sitting president with no evidence of a crime, only a interpretation that relies on the Democrats' ability to read the president's mind to make their case of abuse of power, and their charges of obstruction of justice because the president petitioned the courts on whether or not uh, the subpoenas that were issued by the House Democrats were legitimate. It's all just designed to dirty up and smear Trump so that uh, when he gets on the stage with old Joe Biden, Joe Biden can try to make the case that uh, Donald Trump has been impeached. By that time, I fully suspect, if it is Joe Biden, that uh, the, the Biden's corruption in the Ukraine will be thoroughly uh, developed thanks to Rudy Giuliani and uh, Chanel Rion over at One American News. But in this hearing yesterday, uh, uh, some of it got into Adam Schiff's misconduct in publishing uh, the phone records of the ranking member of the Intelligence Committee, as well as two of the president's attorneys, so much for an attorney-client privilege, as well as uh, the journalist John Solomon, who uh, who has written and been published extensively about uh, the uh, the Ukraine's interference, Ukraine government's interference in 2016, and into the uh, the Democrat corruption, skimming millions and millions of dollars from corrupt companies over in the Ukraine. So yesterday we had this hearing where they were they they had the the House Judiciary lawyer asking the House Intelligence Committee lawyer questions and trying to get him to frame it in the most damning way possible. 
But this guy, Goldman, who during the intelligence uh, committee hearings, I thought was fairly impressive. But when he was put on the hot seat and having to answer questions himself, he refused to answer questions. And it's always sort of been a head scratcher to me how you can come up there and refuse to answer questions without taking the Fifth Amendment. You certainly wouldn't ever be allowed to do that in any other sort of tribunal or court proceeding. But Goldman um, was asked about Schiff's collection of these phone records and just said, I'm not answering. Four. And then you decided to play match game. You found numbers that you thought were like, some of them actually didn't exist because you, they claimed that they were for the White House budget office and they were not. So we're throwing stories out there because nobody was, nobody was out there actually. So I go back to my question. Are you going to go on record in front of everybody here today and say that you will not tell who ordered this? You or Mr. Goldman? Mr. Goldman, you or Mr. Schiff? I am going to go on record and tell you that I'm not going to reveal how we conducted this investigation. And that's the problem we have with this entire thing. Mr. Schiff said behind closed doors. I can tell you what the importance is. I'm done with you for right now. We're done. You're not answering the question. You're not being honest about this answer because you know who it is. You're just not answering. Uh, Again, I don't understand how they're allowed to just refuse to answer questions. It is a perfectly legitimate answer. avenue of inquiry of why they were obtaining phone records and how they went about that. Rand Paul, uh, who is, uh, you know, a staunch defender of civil liberties pointed out the danger in all of this. You know, I guess what I'm very, very concerned with, and I just saw this before we've come on air, that apparently Adam Schiff has uh, been spying on Devin Nunes' phone records, has confiscated his phone records. And I think that's alarming that one member of Congress could be looking at the phone records of another member of Congress. This, to me, is very, very alarming. Well, what's even more alarming is how they've misrepresented this. Apparently, this uh, this guy Lev Parnas, who they have now indicted, uh, the Southern District of New York, they always start at the bottom and, and start to trying to indict their political enemies. He called um, Devin Nunes's office. We don't know if he spoke to Devin Nunes. We know that he called the office, but um, I mean, Adam Schiff is putting this out there as some sort of indictment that Nunez was conspiring because Nev Parnas called his office. We don't know that that is the case. He's just making the smear in sort of this Neo McCarthy, um, you know, uh, smear campaign that he's engaged in. Sounds to me as if it would be illegal, and I think it needs to be investigated because if we're going to live in a world where one party can subpoena the phone records or look at the phone records of another party, that's a very worrisome world. There also is a journalist, John Solomon, who apparently Adam Schiff has been looking at his phone records. Do we want to live in a world where Congress is able to look at a journalist's phone records? I would say this is abhorrent, and whether you're from the left or the right, all journalists ought to unify and say we can't let government or someone like Adam Schiff look at the phone records of a journalist. So I'm very, very concerned about the abuse of power coming from Adam Schiff. Absolutely. You talk about an abuse of power. The Democrats' whole effort has been just one massive abuse of power after the next. And publishing these phone records without any context or any any sort of uh, actual ac- accusation, just simply to try to smear their political opponents, is exactly what Adam Schiff specializes in. 
For his part, Devin Nunez says that he is assembling a legal team and may take uh, legal action against Schiff. Congressman Devin Nunes says he will pursue legal action after his phone records were exposed in the release of the House Intelligence Committee's report on impeachment. Chairman Adam Schiff subpoenaed both AT&T and Verizon, a move Nunes calls an infraction of his civil rights. Congressman Nunes is the ranking member of the House Intel Committee. He joins me right now. Congressman, it's good to see you. It's always great to be How with you. How did this happen that he got your phone records and released them to the public to show the public who, in fact, you were talking to? <laughs> Well, he subpoenaed uh, digits, basically. Uh, and then in there, once he had all this data, then he ran my phone number and pulled out my calls that I had. But he also, I think, more concerning than just me, he did it to uh, the president's personal lawyer and a journalist. And also, this is, and I think this is what's most wrong about this. I mean, the whole thing is just sickening. But he did it to a one of my current staff members and one of my former staff members, who he doesn't like. Him and his team they don't they don't like uh, the fact that we exposed them for the Russia hoax that they were involved in. That's right. You know that's what that's what this is all about. So we're we're putting together a legal team. Uh, I think the Republican members of of Congress they have to be concerned because if they ever spoke to any of these people, their records could be released. And I think. Journalists should be concerned because if journalists ever spoke to Rudy Giuliani at any time that the Democrats decide that they don't like what a journalist has done or what another member of Congress has done, they can just release these. So, you know, turnabout is fair play. And if the Republicans had any spine at all, um, Lindsey Graham and the uh, Republicans in the Senate would subpoena Adam Schiff's phone records. And publish those. Who has he been talking to? I'll bet you that there are a lot of calls in there between Adam Schiff and the Democrat National Committee and Joe Biden's uh, operatives. And apparently all of the irony of, uh, of trying to impeach Donald Trump for asking for investigations into foreign interference in 2016 was entirely lost on the Democrats on the same day that this dossier that they used, a a fictitious document paid for by the Democrat National Committee and Hillary Clinton, was lost on them because what they're accusing Donald Trump of is exactly what they, in fact, did during 2016. Chris Wallace, who can always be counted on to uh, shill for the Democrats, tried to frame this as uh, this IG report as validating um, James Comey, who claimed that uh, this was not a political effort, that they were perfectly within their rights to, uh, to investigate the Trump campaign. Well, you know, everybody is viewing this maybe from the lane of what they do for a living. I, I'm viewing it as a reporter uh, and, and the potential headline. Remember, this comes against the backdrop of Donald Trump uh, talking about the investigation of him in 2016 uh, as a political hit job. At one talk at point, he talked about President Obama ordering the wiretapping of the Trump Tower. And in one of his first hearings uh, as attorney general, uh, Bill 
Barr talked about the FBI spying on the Trump campaign. He later said, well, spying is not a pejorative word. I view it as a perfectly legitimate word. Usually people talk about surveillance, not spying, which would seem to have a negative connotation. When you read the report, and we're obviously all skimming through it, uh, the headline is that they didn't find the things that Bill Barr and Donald Trump alleged. Well, they didn't find it because the inspector general is not there to find wrongdoing. He's there to protect the institution. And he has no subpoena power outside of employees of the department. So he wasn't able to go and subpoena, for instance, Barack Obama and ask what he knew and when he knew it about the surveillance, he doesn't like the word spying, of the Trump campaign. But it wasn't long after the release of this report that um, that Bill Barr said that he didn't agree with the conclusions of the report. And uh, and John Durham said that he has, in fact, found information that directly contradicts the conclusion of uh, Horowitz's report, that he has found information that indicates that there was no proper predication and that this was a political effort. Uh, Radcliffe, Representative Radcliffe from Texas, appeared on uh, Brett Baer's show and uh, and pointed out that what the inspector general um, characterizes as errors and omissions can be looked at another way as well. That was the top headline uh, from what a lot of, of the Democrats focused on in this line. We did not find documentary or testimonial evidence that political bias or improper motivation influenced the FBI's decision to seek FISA authority on Carter Page. Your response to the senator and what you take from this report. So there's two um, important things that went on here. One, did the uh, FBI meet the very low threshold for uh, an, artic- an articulate uh, factual basis to reason? suspect that there was a threat to national security. The inspector general made the conclusion that they met that very low threshold to get the investigation started. The problem um, for the FBI and for Democrats that, that want to somehow declare this as a victory is everything after that is an indictment of the process. Even if there was a basis to open it, Everything that came after it was exculpatory. There was no reason to continue it. And the second part of this that's really important is when they got to the stage of a FISA application in October, as you see in here, this report is just completely full of what the what the inspector general politely says are errors and omissions. Another way of saying that are lies, misrepresentations, um, false statements, and the failure to turn over exculpatory is perjury. Is that what strikes you most about this report? Absolutely. So it's a validation of every one of us that had been saying there was FISA abuse. That's why the uh, attorney general's statement today was, this is clear evidence of FISA abuse. Unfortunately, we were right about that. Um, and that's a real problem for the FBI. But this and doesn't know. back up the president's it's a coup to take him down in this report. I, actually, I, I don't know that you can say that. Brett. Or at least the IG says that. Well, well the IG's is, uh, role is to find facts, not to necessarily make conclusions. And I actually agree with most of the facts that, that the IG finds. And the facts in here say that that the FBI's senior leadership kept an investigation going where they knew they had no evidence that was based on a dossier that was entirely 
uh, unreliable, and they knew it, and they, do, they did that to continue an investigation into a candidate that then became president of the United States. And so we have a basis to do that. So we're and supposed that's to in be- this report. So we're supposed to believe that despite the fact that uh, they continued to come up with nothing, that, uh, that they just made errors and omissions again and again and again, and that, 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 was, uh, that was not improperly motivated, that it wasn't in fact spying on the Trump campaign. It was just errors and omissions. What it was was perjury. They mis- made repeated misrepresentations before the FISA court about the credibility of Christopher Steele and this report and um, and the, the motivations behind this investigation. Every time exculpatory evidence would be found, it would be suppressed, and they would move forward four different times with this, uh, this surveillance of Carter Page that allowed them to look into everybody that he talked to and everybody that they talked to, members of the Trump campaign. And that's why Bill Barr and John Durham came out almost immediately and said, we agree with many of the findings of fact about the lies and misrepresentation, but we do not agree with the IG's conclusions. Brett Beer asked Radcliffe uh, about um, Durham's statement. What about the criticism of the attorney general uh, that he comes out with this statement today, clearly uh, differing on several points with the IG, and a short time later, the U.S. attorney, John Durham, puts out a statement that he says does not jive with the right. what the inspector general finds. I mean, it's pretty rare, is it not? No, and it's, it's not because really what it is is a sign of respect. John Durham waited until Horowitz's report came out. That's why he hasn't made public statements. But now that Horowitz's report is out, he's free to talk about the fact and uh, what he has found. And the first thing that he told you was, I appreciate the inspector general, but my jurisdiction isn't limited, and I have greater jurisdiction, and what I have found is not consistent with his conclusions about that seminal issue, the predication issue. The attorney general's um, special prosecutor in this case, John Durham, is saying, I have a problem with the predication here. I disagree with the attorney general. There was not probable cause to open this investigation. So. You know, I, well, I think critics would a, say if he's a prosecutor, does he make his case, bring it to a grand jury, make a charge before making a statement? You, Republicans were very critical a, abs- of James Comey. Absolutely. About what he did. And, and he didn't make a finding with respect to that. What he said was, I have I take issue with the inspector general's findings and conclusions regarding predication issue. He didn't say what his was. He didn't say what his was. But I think it's a clear sign of where he's going on this, which is that I have greater jurisdiction. I've done a lot more with regard to this investigation. And I think in short order, we're going to hear that John Durham's going to find that the predication just wasn't there, as most of us really don't see it even in this report. So we've... Well, we know that uh, Bill Barr and John Durham are looking into the actual origins of this, and that is going to lead right back to John Brennan at the CIA and his coordination with foreign intelligence agencies in order to try to gin up a justification for Jim Comey to then launch his counterintelligence investigation. And we know that they have traveled to Europe and uh, interviewed uh, intelligence agencies with the United Kingdom and Italy 
and uh, in Australia. So, yes, John Durham has a lot more information than Horowitz was able to claim uh, uh, to uh, investigate. And he's saying outright that uh, I disagree with these conclusions. They do not jibe with with my findings. We got to run out to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about this, and we'll try to get to One America News investigation into what actually happened in the Ukraine. Stick with us. We'll be right back. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. So the inspector general uncovers and documents in his 400 page report repeated what he calls errors and omissions very charitably uh, calls them errors and omissions. I know that, uh, that, uh, Paul Manafort and general Michael Flynn and, uh, Papadopoulos and Carter page would love to be given that benefit of the doubt in their misstatements because the FBI and McCabe and Strzok repeatedly made misrepresentations to the FISA court knowingly that's normally called perjury. And he, uh, the, uh, Horowitz says that, uh, you know, that doesn't show any bias. Well, <laughs> that's a very charitable characterization that, uh, that, that none of the Republicans or any members of the Trump campaign have ever been given. And Tom Fenton, pointed out that uh, the inspector general report, while being characterized by the mainstream media as being uh, um, clearing the FBI of wrongdoing, in fact, contains documentations of many crimes. Hi, Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with the latest on the DOJ IG report. This big report exposes the FBI's misconduct in the targeting of President Trump in Spygate, the worst corruption scandal in American history. Frankly, much of what we know is as a result of Judicial Watch's FOIA lawsuits. So it's good to see the IG confirm the truth that the FBI broke the law in targeting President Trump. Now, of course, the IG didn't say that explicitly, although it referred at least one FBI official to the Justice Department for criminal prosecution. These IG reports are often exposés and cover-ups at the same time, so I encourage you to read the report directly, and you can be sure that Judicial Watch will continue to push for the full truth on Spygate. We've sued dozens of times already. So they uh, they threw one of these low-level people under the bus. You know, they try to keep it as low down the, the uh, chain of command as possible. But... Um, Devin Nunes is pointing out that uh, David Horowitz is not going to have the final word on this, that this is just the very first step. Key is this and this alone. The reason that we have Horowitz, the reason Horowitz is running this investigation is because House Republicans put out a memo in February of 2018. I've got the memo here. 
And we put that out. So I want Horowitz to either confirm or deny that what we put out to the American people was true. Did they use pieces of the still dossier and fake news stories to get a warrant on Carter Page? That's, that's what we want to know. Okay. Any, remember, people have to understand, Horowitz doesn't have a gun. He doesn't carry a badge. He, you know, he can't arrest people. So any extra evidence that he may have, right? For example, we know there's exculpatory evidence that we've seen on Carter Page that they didn't give to the FISA court. That's critical. If the news story is true about the head lawyer doc- doctoring evidence, that would be massive. So I think the key is, is that you're seeing all the fake news media is out there putting up lots of straw men. The key is, is whether or not what the House Intelligence Committee Republicans gave to the American people in February of 18, whether that was true or not true. The additional evidence that Horowitz comes up with, that'll be great for us because we were really interested if he found the exculpatory evidence that wasn't presented to the FISA court. We know now that, uh, in fact, the attorney, uh, the inspector general did find that evidence and he documented it. He claims it doesn't show misconduct on the FBI, but it uh, most certainly does. And now this uh, Inspector General report is going to be kicked over to Lindsey Graham's Judiciary Committee in the Senate for a hearing that'll take place tomorrow, Wednesday. And hopefully there will be some members of that committee um, who will uh, dig this out and point out that uh, you're giving the benefit of the doubt to these people that were in fact engaged in blatant misconduct and deceiving the FISA court. Here's Lindsey Graham saying what his committee is going to explore. We're going to have a hearing, and we're going to get the good, the bad, and the ugly. We're going to try to find a way to make sure this never happens again. And and here's what I hope people in your business will do. Read the entire report, not focus on the debate as to whether or not there was a legal predicate. I'm here to tell you that doesn't drive my thinking. I will assume for the sake of argument, there was a legal foundation. So Lindsey Graham is, uh, is going to give them the benefit of the doubt that uh, David Horowitz, I mean, that um, John Durham and Bill Barr have already said directly contradicts the evidence that they have found. Well, what I will not tolerate is how it got off the rails and how the FBI and the Department of Justice to continue this investigation continually lied to the court, misled the court, manufactured evidence to hurt an American citizen and to continue an operation against the President of the United States. That should bother all of us. What is this akin to? I've been a prosecutor, I've been a defense attorney, I've been a judge. To me, this would be like getting a lab report saying that the person you're investigating, the fingerprints don't match, the DNA doesn't match, but instead of telling the court that, you say that it does. It was that obvious. The subsource, the person who prepared all the information for the dossier, told the FBI in January 2017, this is a bunch of garbage. Not only did they not stop using the garbage, they lied to the court about what the man said. And they used that same garbage repeatedly. Errors and omissions, actually lies and perjury. But we're not allowed to infer, according to Horowitz, that that was a a manifestation of any bias on behalf of McCabe or Strzok when we knew for a fact, because we've seen their text messages, that that's exactly what they were doing. They were trying to implement this insurance policy. 
We are running out of time, and I hate it because I really wanted to get deep into this uh, One America News expose of what actually happened over there in the Ukraine, and we'll we'll cover that at the top of tomorrow's show. But uh, on the same day, the New York Times and the Washington Post published a uh, 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 article saying that all of this is Rudy Giuliani's fault. They're trying to do a preemptive strike against Rudy Giuliani and um, Snell Rion at One American News because they're actually over there investigating and interviewing the principals that were involved in the 2016 presidential election uh, interference and Joe and Hunter Biden's corruption. They've interviewed the prosecutors and many, uh, many fact witnesses. We're going to get into all of that tomorrow, but uh, now they're going after Rudy Giuliani, the Southern District of New York, which is a Clinton um, smear shop, is going after Rudy. And Representative Jolly, a Democrat from Florida, is pointing out exactly what you can expect next. Why is Rudy over there now, Chris? Because they're all corrupt. Yeah. This whole Trump team is corrupt. That's that's the bottom line. I think Rudy Giuliani ultimately ends up in jail for FARA violations or some other type of violation related to disclosure and receiving foreign money. But this will feed the rank and file Republicans, particularly in the House, who will continue to try to delegitimize the, the Democrats' investigation when, in fact, it is the Republicans who are delegitimizing it by not cooperating with the Democrats. So Rudy's over there actually exposing this wrongdoing. They're going after him at the Southern District of New York trying to protect the Democrats and protect the Clintons. And David Jolly sort of tipped his hand. The next step is they're going to try to convict Giuliani of FARA violations. We're not going to convict the Podestas or any of the other lobbyists on K Street, but we're going after Rudy Giuliani next. And like I say, we'll start tomorrow's show with that, and I hope you'll join us then. Until then, that's the end of this edition. I want to thank you for joining us right here on the Mojo Five O Radio Network, and look forward to talking to you tomorrow. I've been working at Santa's Workshop for a long time and thought I'd seen it all. That was until I learned that when you add Xfinity Mobile to Xfinity Internet, you can save hundreds on your wireless bill. When you add Xfinity Mobile to Xfinity Internet, you can get a powerful Internet experience and nationwide coverage on the most reliable network. Choose the data option that's right for you. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Based on root metrics by IHS Markets Root Score Reports 2H2020 of four mobile networks. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details.